for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Thunder Rosa have two awesome guests as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Sam Roberts, that's right. The Sam Roberts. He joins us here on the Busted Open Podcast. An actor and former world champion, David Arquette, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. And let's bring in our good friend. And when we're having a a themed show, Thunder, like we are today, and we're talking about horror movies and scary movies and we're approaching Halloween, I thought the perfect person to get on is our good friend, Sam Roberts. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm great. It's my favorite season of the year. Well, WrestleMania season and Halloween season are probably like ranked uh, one and two. Probably At the given moment, I would say that that is my favorite season, which I guess is good. It means I'm enjoying the space that I'm in at the moment. Yes. And, and you should because you're killing it right now. We'll get into everything that you're doing in just a second, but... Thunder, um, yes. I, I look at Sam as like, you know, the, the next generation of LaGreca. And let me explain what I'm saying. <laughs> is is that, you know, Th- Sam is, is much younger than I am. I, you know, I'm 51. Sam's still Oof. a young man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a hard 51. Hard 51. Oof. And Sam's a young man. But like when I look at I, him and I both love pro wrestling. Obviously, yes. my fandom is from a different generation than his fandom. I look at the music, same thing. You know, I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. The next generation of Alice Cooper is Rob Zombie. Sam's a huge Rob Zombie fan. And I feel like we could probably get into horror movies as well because if you ask me, the greatest era of horror movies would probably be the seventies. And I'm sure Sam would have a different answer than that. So Sam, let me ask you this. Here we are. Halloween season. What's your go-to movie Halloween season? Well, like the, the classic goaded number one, if there's one movie, it's always going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's a seventies movie. It's the original Gunnar Hansen, 
Toby Hooper, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. It started everything. It's one of the most important movies ever. Um, but I, I'm with you in the generational divide. Like, you know, I love 80s slashers. 80s gave us the whole Friday the 13th series, the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series, that sort of franchise horror. But then when I get into like what was going on when I was in high school, I also enjoy that, like the, the the sort of late 90s resurgence, the teeny bopper kind of scream. I know what you did last summer. Final destinations. I I, I love I love horror like I love wrestling in the sense that like I, I, I can appreciate the different spots for being what they are. Sam, you mentioned Final Destination. I think everyone who has watched the first one, every time they're driving on the freeway <laughs> and they see a log like sticking out, <laughs> like you're like, Final Destination, I'm going to die. You know, it's like it happens. Or when you're in a roller coaster and the roller coaster falls off, oh, you think you're going to fall off, you're always thinking about Final Destinations. And we're talking about moments. That movie for me definitely created some moments in my teenage years. I knew exactly what you were saying. As soon as you said when you're driving on the freeway, I knew exactly what you were going to bring up because every single time I see a log truck, I go, that's going through the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And, and, and Sam, and, and this is another reason why I wanted you on today because of your appreciation. Thunder, Sam is somebody that, like he's such a positive person and gets the moment that he's in, enjoys the moment that he's in. You know, when I was doing Halloween Havoc this past Saturday, and we'll get into that a little bit later with Sam, like Sam reminds you of that. Hey man, go out there and have fun. Like, like, do you believe like what we're doing? Like he's that type of guy that really, you feel good being around somebody like that, that really enjoys the moment, but appreciates things. And, like, and I think when it comes to pro wrestling and Sam just said, there is kind of that relationship with pro wrestling and horror movies, because to me, both of them are an art form. Like, I think a lot of people on the outside that don't watch pro wrestling or don't watch horror movies, they think it's garbage or they think it's junk or they think it's just thrown together. And it's like, no, when you appreciate it and you're in it, it really truly is an art form. Do you agree with that, Sam? Yeah, and I, I also I was thinking about this too as I was like I was watching uh, I was watching the movie Barbarian last night. It's streaming on HBO. It's so good, Dave. I think you would love it. It's like a it's definitely a throwback. It's great. But I was like, like, what is that connection? Like, what 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 is that thing that the horror genre kind of does the same thing to my brain that wrestling does? And I feel like what people don't understand is that in horror movies and in professional wrestling. There's this license to be creative and to do different things that doesn't exist anywhere. There's no form of entertainment that encompasses more than pro wrestling does and that allows you to do more and to think more creatively than pro wrestling. And I think when you're talking about movies with horror, you can go so outside the box and just let your mind go nuts more so than any other genre. I think that to me, that 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 ability to be so creative in the way that you tell stories and connect with the audience is what connects the two things. And I think their audiences as well are like that hardcore audience. Like, you know, 
um, here on the East Coast, Chiller Theater, which is a big thing in New Jersey, is happening this weekend where thousands upon thousands of fans come in to, to meet those you know, the actors and personalities and those characters. And, you know, Thunder, I'm a huge, as I said earlier, I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. I fell in love with Alice Cooper in the mid-80s. His guitarist was Kane Roberts, who was this muscled-up guy who looked like a pro wrestler who helped Alice with his stage set. That's another thing I love because it was very hard-themed, his stage show. Tom Savini, who went on to do, like, the Bray Wyatt's characters and masks. Like, there always seems to be, Sam, and like with you at Rob Zombie, there's always that connection with wrestling there as well. Yeah, and I think, and you're and you're right about the fan bases. Like, there's only because I go to horror conventions too, and it is the closest thing. There's a real parallel to wrestling conventions and horror conventions. Like, I'm sitting there literally last night, and I saw that uh, I think next month in Philadelphia they're doing a Monster Mania convention, and Art the Clown from Terrifier and Terrifier Two and All Hallows Eve is doing in gimmick photo ops like they're going like they're dressing up as the character from the movie and like there's no other genre that would think to do that like wrestling does that you know like there's there's a if you're going to a wrestling convention and you're going to meet i mean and you're going to meet thunder right there's there's one price that you'll pay to get a picture with thunder rosa and then if thunder's going to come in full gimmick and the paint and the gear and everything you're going to get a big upcharge on that because because it's a whole different experience and i yeah i i just think and it, and it goes back to that that sort of getting lost in the imagination that that i don't want to say disconnect because it's the wrong word but the idea that like like people get so involved in that thunder rosa character that when they meet you at a convention they want to meet the character right when you go to a horror convention and like kane hotter is there who played jason like it's cool to meet the actor, but you want to meet Jason Voorhees. Yes. And yeah. even and even if you're an adult, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's that connection with the character that that goes beyond whatever you see on the screen. So Sam, I think the perfect example, and she just popped in my mind, is Elvira. Like yes. she charges like a gazillion thousands of dollars if she comes with the hair, with the whole thing. I mean, she's a little older, and I was like watching her movie, like the movie and stuff, and like just like the stuff that she does, and it's like. Wow, like it's just a, it's a transformation when she's just herself, right? And when she's Elvira, like I, if I want to take a picture, I want to take a picture with Elvira. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. That's the, the person that I grew up with as a person that a lot of people have tattoo on their arms, like that. That's like a lot of men and women's fantasy, right? So I want to take a picture with a fantasy. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, and 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 you can even go back, and maybe this is doing a deep dive, but Vampira even before Elvira and there's that, that whole thing as well. But you know, Sam, you were just talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that's interesting because we had Wardlow on. And when I asked him that same question, he mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Justin Labar, we had on same thing. He mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, for you. And you talked about the importance of that movie and how important it was. What's like, name me an obscure movie that maybe a lot of fans don't know about that you have high on your list as one of your all time favorites. Huh? Well, I mean, there's this, uh, there's this French movie 
that actually Baron Corbin turned me on to called Martyrs, M-A-R-T-Y-R. I think it's called Martyrs. It's either Martyr or Martyrs. Mm -hmm. But like it's one of those movies and it's fairly recent and I think you can get it on Apple and everything. But it's one of those great movies where you're in it and you don't know what you're watching until you're at the end of it, right? Like you think you start piecing the movie together as it goes. And then it just does this 180 over here. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And then it does another 180 over there. And you're like, I have no, I don't even remember where we were when we started this movie because I've been on this like crazy, insane, terrifying journey with these characters. And now we're in like, like it's the, it, like when the credits roll, you just take a breath and you have to like look around and go like, I don't, where am I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's awesome. That's all. all right. Now you said terrifying. Uh, you talked to me a little bit about it uh, this past weekend. And then since you mentioned it, like all I see everywhere is people talking about it in articles and everything else. Terrifier too. Now, you know, people are actually talking about uh, fans going to see it, fainting, throwing up, like, is 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 the hype real on Terrifier too? I mean, it's I just I but and I love that too. Like it's such a nineteen seventies nineteen eighties gimmick. Like fans are throwing up in the aisles. Like you can see the the, the yeah. words popping up all over the place because they did that. They did that back from the original la last house on the left. Like people said, yes, you know that was like the whole campaign is that people were passing out and everything else. So. So what's so great about Terrifier 2 is, first of all, it's an independent movie. It was made for like $250,000, you know, and it's and it's found this life in theaters, um, which is really I mean, it's next to impossible to do, you know, and 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 it's just every weekend has grown and grown through this word of mouth and everybody's talking about it. And yeah, I mean, the, the first Terrifier and that's the other thing people go like, do I have to see Terrifier 1? to understand Terrifier 2? And the answer is no, absolutely not. Like Terrifier 1, we really just get to know this character, Art the Clown. And he, I mean, he doesn't, you don't really need to get to know him. He's just a, a psychotic, murderous, I mean, just the, the most insane, violent, brutal murders that you've ever seen in your life. Like, I don't even think I could describe it for your audience because they'd be offended this early in the morning. Um, Terrifier 2 is where like the kind of the story and the lore start being built, but it's still just as violent. Like it's an, like that's why people are puking and fainting and stuff just because of the pure gore and the pure violence. And it's such a throwback because everything that's done is that sort of practical in-camera effects. There's not a uh, CGI, there's not quick cuts, there's not, you know, it's, 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 we're gonna figure out how to make these bones break in this flesh Ugh. peel and this heads split and, and, and we're gonna figure out how to do this with, with real practical effects and, and props and makeup and, and, and fake blood and gore and, and, and it starts going into like the, weird kind of supernatural realm it's just it's such a it's such a wild ride it's it's one thousand percent my favorite horror movie of the season of the year and i mean favorite favorite movie i've seen in a long time i loved it i'm like looking at the the uh 
to Terrifier uh, from 2016, the trailer. And as you're talking, I'm just like, <laughs> should I watch this with my son today? This weekend? No, just probably like, not. You don't want to do anything. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, guys, you know. Like, it's it's one of those movies where I, you, I can't, I'm not, let, forget about my kids. I wouldn't watch it with my wife. Because if, 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 you, if, if my wife came into the room and saw one of the scenes on the television as I was watching it, she'd be like, who did I marry? Like, what's wrong with you? How can you, <laughs> what kind of psycho would watch this and enjoy it? But, you know, she doesn't understand. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I get, and I totally get that. Um, I wanted to bring up, you know, uh, Halloween Havoc from this past weekend. Uh, you uh, and Mackenzie were so gracious to me, so professional. It was definitely an amazing moment being able to go to the Performance Center and then to be able to do the Halloween Havoc kickoff show with you. And it was great just, just being a part of that world, even if it was for only one day. And then um, what a great show as well. So I wanted to thank you so much for... Uh, being so gracious this past Saturday. Well, you did great. I mean, and I, I think that, uh, you know, now I, I think it's one of those things that, and I'm sure thunder can relate to that, that you don't really know what it's like and how difficult it can be until you do it. Right. Because you know, you, you can do, we, we talk about wrestling. We love wrestling. That's not the tough part. The tough part is first, like everybody talks about what a machine WWE is, and it is. It's this incredible, well-oiled, well-executed machine, and now you're a part of it. So it's like the timing has to be right. You have to say the right things at the right moment. You have to, you're also like, now you're part of the show, right? So you want to make sure that you're pushing the right kind of narratives forward and that you're you're getting people over and, you, and you're not like, you know, people work really hard in the ring that's the difficult part and like you know you say the wrong thing and all of a sudden you've screwed up something that this superstar that the show is actually about has put all this work into so yeah. there's there's that Sam, going on in your head i want to stop you right now and i want the listeners to understand what you're saying when you have some that's exactly what ex like, i'm like pulling my hair you guys can make us or break us 1000%. And I am so glad you and David understand how important it is, especially when you're on, when you're on international, I'm going to say national, universal TV, universal internet and everything, whatever comes out of your mouth can make now, nowadays can make us or break us. And I'm so glad that you understand that part. You understand how hard for a lot of us or for, I would say everyone is to create the, the character to put it into to words and then to put it into action in the ring. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that's a huge part of the responsibility of, of what we're doing. It's like, you know, the, the amount of, of work that Thunder, you guys have to do to get to the spots that you're in all Dave and I have to do is stand there with microphones. And that's a tremendous amount of, of faith and power that that is put into our hands and so i always take that as very serious responsibility i know dave takes it as a serious responsibility too but also there's the other half of it where 
and I think Dave, you feel the same way because you know you love this stuff as much as I do. That like this bigger picture, kind of in the moment, you can't prepare for it, but in the moment, you realize like, oh my god, like of all the people in the world, there's three of us sitting on this stage, and for the next thirty minutes, the WWE has entrusted us to get this message across. This machine that I just talked about, they've decided we're gonna put your faces and your voices for the next 30 minutes as the ones that represent the visual of, of that machine and the, the audience is behind you and they can't hear you, but they're still looking right at you going, these are the people that talk about this thing. And there's just there's just such a a, a bigger thing happening around us that it's easy to to buckle, especially on your first time, because on your first time, you don't see any of that. You, there's no way you can prepare for it. There's no way you can know that it's all going to hit you. And I know for a fact, I'm sure that it hit you because of how seriously you take all this. Um, well, Sam, I, I, I explained it did, to Mark you, Henry. I, I appreciate that. But I explained it to Mark Henry on Monday. Um, and I think I, I might have mentioned this to Thunder as well over the phone. Like. When we started that uh, kickoff show, I felt like I was going to pass out. And it was like, and I, all I'm thinking about is like, oh my God, I'm going to embarrass myself by passing out in the first 30 seconds of this kickoff show. And Mark, and it's funny because Mark Henry, like, didn't have, when I explained it, no expression on his face. He goes, you know why? Because you weren't breathing. And he goes, because. You know, in that moment, your head takes control and you're and you weren't breathing. And I was like, you're right. Like, I forgot to breathe. And now in those 30 seconds, I forgot to breathe because I was so focused and concentrated on, oh, my gosh, I, I got this thing that I have to do. And I forgot to breathe and I almost <laughs> passed out. But then once you get once you get past that initial like boom. Then you kind of fall into your comfort zone. And once you start talking, then you're doing what you normally do on a daily basis, which is talk. And then you and then you kind of fall into place. But Sam, those first 30 seconds were, you know, pretty like pretty impactful for me. Yeah. And were you were you let me add, were you exhausted after? Yes. Yeah. And you don't you do not I you never expect that either, because like, you know, you talk for three hours a day. And, and, you know, and that's just the morning. Like, you're like, yeah, of course, 30 minutes with all the breaks and there's three of us like that'll be easy. And yeah, every single time. I mean, I've been doing it for years and like it's just you you're just totally wiped. And I think that that's because of the level of concentration and focus that you're putting in. Like when you're in that moment, there's this there's this extreme focus that hits you in order to pull it off. And and yeah, Dave, like I said, I mean. I, I think myself included, you know, it, it, it would take us a few times before we even started to kind of wrap our head around what was going on and get comfortable with it. So the fact that right out of the gate, you were as smooth as you were. It's impressive, dude. You did great. Sam, oh, thanks, I Sam. have I have a like a, a scary like we were asking what's one of the scariest moments, right? I yeah. think I was doing commentary for Combate Global and I got a blank. I blanked out on live TV, <laughs> how that has happened to you and how did you recover? Well, uh, yeah, I remember like, 
and even like even small shows, it's just it's still I, I was doing commentary years ago for an independent organization called Jersey All Pro, which was pretty big on the East Coast for a while. And I'll never forget that I it was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Like I was like, how is this even going to work? I've never done commentary before. Blah, blah, blah. And like my partner said something and then I said something and I go, oh, cool. I nailed that. Like I got that. And then this thing just hit me going, oh, my God, I have to do this all night. I have to keep <laughs> thinking of th for the next three hours. I have to keep doing that. Like I was patting myself on the back for one statement for the first 45 <laughs> seconds of the first match. And I'm like all night. But you just have to. I mean, for me, like I figured out, especially on those pre shows, how to go like, OK, let's take it moment by moment whenever there's a moment that we're not on screen when they're playing a video package, when there's a commercial break, it's like, okay, that's when you go and you recollect yourself and you figure out, okay, what's the next thing? I never ever think about what's going to happen after I, all I'm thinking about on those pre-shows is where I'm starting and where I'm going until the break, like just get me to the break and then I'll oh. figure out the next one after that. Like, it's just, it has to be segmented like that. That's a skill because like that was, I think, was my second time. And we had, I think, over 15 matches that we have to go over. And I'm like, I, they asked me a question and I started. And a problem that I have is like sometimes I start to speak, I think it in Spanish. So I was like, holy. And I just look at them. I was like, uh, you guys are going to have to help me now because I just, <laughs> I just blanked out on national TV. So it was really funny. But. People don't understand, like when I was, when David was there and I can see it in his face because you're super comfortable, you know, you're like chit-chatting with your, with your co-host and blah, 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 looking at the camera. And I see David looking straight at you and I'm like, I feel like I wish I could be texting, motherfucker, look at the camera, look at camera and, three, look at camera. But see, that's the one thing, know? that was the one thing is like, that was probably the biggest thing is what you just said there, Thunder, because there wasn't really, like, I think we were more focused on I, or at least I was. I was focused on the matches. I was focused on like what Sam just said about getting everybody over, making sure I said the right thing so that, hey, this this event, Halloween Havoc, like for us, this is the biggest event that's going on in the world right now is what we're doing and what we're talking about right here at the Performance Center that night. So I wasn't really thinking of, all right, I got to make sure I look at the camera here. I got to look. I was, I was more focused on the interaction that I was having with Mackenzie and the interaction I was having with Sam. And that was, that was for sure the right thing. If you go back, it's so funny that you pointed that out, Thunder, because go back and look at like early pre-shows that I'm on. I yes. don't think I looked at one camera lens for two years. I, think it, I mean, I think it probably took me two years before I was comfortable enough to go like, OK, and I'm going to have an awareness of the camera. And now I'm going to go back like you look at those the first couple years of me doing pre-shows, unless I'm directly addressing the audience. If I'm doing the panel, I'm looking at whoever I'm talking to and just praying to God that I can get this thought out vocally without sounding like a total idiot. Yeah, it's it. this is what the, the, the job that we do, guys. It, trying to entertain, trying to put people over, trying to make sure that everybody tunes in before the show is very difficult, and especially if you're doing it live because you can say something wrong. And I know, David, you like to curse just as much as I do. We have to censor ourselves <laughs> yeah, because we we're not curse. allowed to do that, right? So it's, it's right. always changing the character. It's always trying, putting yourself over, putting the, uh, the product over, 
of putting the characters over, right? So we can sell the product. So um, Sam, last thing I want to say, uh, one of my very dear friends, he said something very special about you. And it, it comes up through the, I'm not going to say who, I'm going to text you uh, personally. Mm -hmm. But uh, he told me that you were one of those few reporters that focus and cares about the truth. The truth and in, in to uh, reflect the true self of everyone that you interview. So I appreciate that. Why well, I, I appreciate that you're going to uh, you guys are going to ruin my reputation. People are going to start <laughs> thinking I'm a good guy or something like no, that. No, no, you do things right. That's a different story. You do things right and it could come off like, you know, as whatever, but good reporters do things right. Well, yeah. I I really appreciate that. I mean, I just I just feel like for people like myself and for Dave our role in this whole world, the fact that we've figured out a way to even have a role in this world is mind blowing. And that I think goes back to the appreciation and just going like, how crazy is it that we're here? But like, if, if, if I can do something to help push forward something a character's doing or, or help get a match or a rivalry or something like that, it's like, this thing isn't about me. I talk. It's wrestling, right? So it's never about me. It's about trying to make the person that I'm talking to who goes in the ring and tells these stories that we pay tickets for. It's about making that look as good as I, I possibly can. And and you do a fantastic job doing it. Again, thank you for everything. It was a it was definitely one of my favorite career moments being with you and Mackenzie on Saturday. And the best part about it, Thunder, is when during the kickoff show, Sam called me a shill. That was without a doubt one of my all-time favorite moments. Sam, thank you so much for all the time. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll talk soon. Anytime, man. Thank you, guys. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Bapchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Bapchitz Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Let's bring out David Arquette. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome, uh, man. Thanks again for the time. Appreciate okay, I'm it. I have, okay, but David, you don't understand. I don't mark Go up ahead. a lot of people. Go ahead. Go ahead. I used to watch your movies in Espanol in Mexico. So I grew up uh -huh. when I was a teenager. <laughs> All the screen movies, it were actually subtitled. But 
to interview you as, you know, as, as an actor, as a wrestler. It's such a cool thing. Thank you. I'm a huge Thunder Rosa <laughs> fan. So thank you. It's an honor. Oh, You're incredible. I need that video for my end of the year <laughs> moments. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Well, Thunder, you know what? The floor is yeah. yours. Here you are. You're speaking to David Arquette. You're a big fan. Oh, he, he put me on the spot. I'm like blushing right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we've been talking about Halloween. This is a Halloween special. Yeah. I was just telling you like how crazy you were to one, get on the ring. But two, I mean, you made a career pretty much on, well, with the right to rumble, but later on, on scary movies, what made you make that big jump? Like they were, you read the, the script and you're like, damn, this is for me. This is great. This is a great character. Or you were like, you know, I just want to try something different. Oh man. Well, the chance to work with Wes Craven was a dream come true. I mean, he's such an incredible director and, When Scream came along, we didn't know it was going to be as huge as it actually became. But I don't know that. And then my love of wrestling and doing Ready to Rumble and then becoming the world champion. Yeah, it was all just such a sort of dream come true for me, like a little kid's dream come true. But then I went back and I wrestled the Indies for a couple of years and uh filmed it for You Cannot Kill David Arquette and learned a lot about what really happens in the ring and in the locker room and on the road. So I have a deep love and respect for wrestling. Did anybody was disrespectful given the fact that you are a big star, you know, you make your millions of dollars in Hollywood and then you just come and do indies. Has anybody give you like the cold shoulder or was fake or was like, oh, get out of here, man. You, you don't belong here. Did you ever got that? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of that, especially just even just coming up in the wrestling indie world. I mean, obviously, I'm an actor and I'm coming in. And I definitely get breaks, but there's a lot of moments of like, let's teach this kid a little lesson oh. <laughs> and uh, some of that stuff, some, you know, shoot locks and moments of that kind of stuff. Was that more during training or while you went having matches? Because I know you have like some full on matches. It's a little of both, I mean, but there's a lot of little wake-up calls. I mean, I'm a huge RJ City fan, and he was my first match back, and uh, that was that was interesting to see, <laughs> you know, an, an open-faced chop of what that feels like, uh, and, you know, all of these uh, knee to the face. You know, I didn't protect myself, but... You know, but he has an amazing show, AEW, that everyone should check out on YouTube. AEW yes. sort of behind the scenes stuff. I mean, RJ Clifford. I mean, RJ Clifford. RJ City <laughs> is a huge. No, he. I know he's 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 extremely entertaining. I love RJ City. But for you, David, I I know I've said this to you before, but. You know, we talk a lot here on Busted Open about celebrity interaction in pro wrestling. You know, you know, obviously a lot of people now, especially with Tales from the Territories, talking about Andy Kaufman's involvement in pro wrestling, Cindy Lauper's involvement in pro wrestling, and then your involvement in pro wrestling. It's a big deal when somebody from that mainstream world comes into our world and brings attention. So whether fans loved it or they didn't like it at all, You becoming world champion gave so much attention from the outside world to pro wrestling. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I I do think it's, it's I love when it crosses over and Mr. T and like, yeah. I don't know, there's just Lou Albano, you know, all this sort of, I mean, Liberace, for God's sake. 
Yep. First WrestleMania. You're right. Yep. Yeah. I love all that stuff. So to me, it was all just being part of it. And I love wrestling as an art form and a sport and a just entertainment. It's, it's, I don't know. It's great. I'm behind Logan Paul and all the stuff that they're doing. I think it's a, think it's good for the business i think he's really super talented so i don't know I, I'm, I'm a big fan of it all i mean i i can oh, ahead, i can david. tell you david i used you right you were one of the first ones for mission pro but before you uh mia khalifa was you know involved in a, a controversy so i decided to bring her over to the world and i give her a little taste of what pro wrestling was right like she got chopped <laughs> she went and trained and everything um to me, that was like my first experience of bringing someone into like my my world. Uh, for you, when you did, you know, Ready to Rumble, and you know, you've been a, a big time fan for forever. Uh, what was like the memory that you you can't forget? Man, it was just sort of getting to know all these guys. I was a huge fan of DDP. Was incredibly uh, gracious and a huge mentor. Chris Canyon was amazing. I mean, but just seeing Rey Mysterio, you know, uh, up close and, and Booker T, just, uh, you know, all these guys, just being able to travel with with all of them and kind of have a glimpse behind that curtain. Um, yeah, it's all been really great. But I'm a love like Dalton Castle, what he's doing right now. <laughs> it was so good. And Dalton and RJ are both going to be at Old Time Wrestling coming up on the 29th. So I hope people can check them out. And awesome. so doing the change from being with like super famous people into coming into the indies and you experiencing from the bottom. Like, what was the difference for you? Well, I mean, I'm lucky because I, I don't think I came in from the bottom because I'm already going in big matches and not have... I mean, I, I did help set up some rings and stuff like that, but I didn't nearly pay the dues that these guys have uh, their whole life. But um, I don't know. I, I've just been really lucky along the way. Cole Cabana was a huge influence of mine. Ethan Page, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry really helped. And and Peter Avalon was my main uh, Peter. Yeah. coach. Yeah, Peter's incredible. I mean, the way Peter's like his you know comedic and like character like i just i just love the work that they do and being able to get to know these guys and then go out on the road and do all these kind of i don't know have all these memories and entertain the fans because it's ultimately always about entertaining the fans you know david um I, I see that you're wearing the Elizabeth T-shirt. I know that that Elizabeth, <laughs> yeah. you know, what was it about Elizabeth uh, that really for you made such an influence on you? I don't know. It was the, uh, I just got swept up in the whole relationship with him and her Macho Man and her. And I was like a huge Macho Man fan, but he didn't treat her nice. <laughs> I just got all wrapped <laughs> up in all the real drama of it. So I was like, I don't know. I just always just loved it so much um i just really i don't know she had such an impact on me that my wife looks just like my ideal woman and i finally got to meet my my true miss christina <laughs> so that's, have you ever awesome. dressed up like you know miss elizabeth and macho man <laughs> so well yeah she dressed up as miss elizabeth and in, in the documentary but uh 
I have a Macho Man costume, a real costume, and I, I took it to Burning Man one year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I walked around with Slim Jims, and I was like, hey. <laughs> But I, I, I figured that Macho Man would really appreciate going to Burning Man. That's what oh, I yeah. did. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a spirit right there. That's For awesome. sure. You know, David, we've had a lot of guests on today. Wardlow was on and Justin Labar, oh, Sam Roberts. And everybody and everybody we're talking about favorite horror movies and everybody talked about Scream and you're such a big part of the Scream franchise. And listen, it's it's kind of like pro wrestling, right, David? And the fact that when you're doing it, there's going to be a group of people that are like, why are you doing this? Like, you're an established actor. You're a Hollywood movie star. Why are you lowering yourself to do horror movies? But what they don't understand is that those movies are iconic. Those movies are going to be remembered 30, 50, 75 years for generations. down the road. Like yeah, for generations, people are going to go back and watch those screen. And, and, you know, and it relates to pro wrestling too. Like it is an art form to me that is truly underrated. Do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could see how horror films do just at the box office, how popular they are. Yeah. When they're done right and they reach the iconic status of a ghost face kind of character, um, it's always like, I don't know, I love those kind of movies. I don't watch as much horror anymore, but there's a really funny crossover between wrestling fans and horror fans, and, and they're very close in a diagram. They cross over a lot. So, um, I don't know. I love meeting the fans, horror fans, wrestling fans, just film fans in general. Bozo the Clown fans. <laughs> so I'm a big Bozo the Clown fan. And um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, just meeting all the fans and being part of sort of some historic uh, wrestling, uh, I mean, horror film franchise was, you know, you want to do entertainment that people really love and it touches them and it stands the last the span of time. So yep. it's good to be a part of those. And it, and it does. You have been um, an influence and you're iconic. And, you know, so when you hear those types of terms, and I know you're a very humble person, I know you're a very personable person, but when you hear those types of things, because I think as time goes on, more and more people appreciate the work that you've done. Like, how do you, how do you want your fans and people to remember you? Uh, thanks. That's nice to hear. Um, I don't know. I just want to entertain them. I, I have a really cool kind of relationship with my fans. They're kind of like, hey, David, what's up? Where I'm kind of, I don't know. It's not as like, wow, you're like this big star or something. So <laughs> I, I like that. You know what I mean? I uh, I don't know. It's It makes it very like, I don't know. Whenever you do something that actually connects with the fans, there's a different feeling about that. But, you know, if I am an icon and all this thing, Mattel might want to think about making a championship David Arquette doll. Is, I'm Just only saying, saying maybe, maybe a figure? code you could put into one of these games that I, I can come out and fight on since I did own the belt, you know. Oh. <laughs> Just oh. planning David, to see. David, if, I know you, I mean, you've been probably all over the world. Uh, you've done a lot of things that you wanted to do because it comes from the bottom of your heart, like, you know, from movies to becoming a professional wrestler. What is one thing that David Arquette has not done and is like aching to do before, you know, he retires or before, you know, death takes you? 
from this <laughs> wow. um well you can't kill me so death will never take oh, me. Well, you got me and make sure you check out the documentary by the way which yeah. is amazing you can't kill david arquette make sure you check that out Go ahead. i'm just kidding though but uh i'm actually working on it now it's bozo the clown it took me 15 years to acquire the rights to bozo the clown wow. and uh we want to bring you know these really silly fun clowns back you know it is the horror season so there's a lot of scary clowns out there right now but um there's also clowns like bozo that make people laugh and we're trying to bring that back at the moment that's awesome yeah first of all thunder of that was a great question and i have a follow-up yeah. with another question you know thunder talked about what you want to do before it's all said and done what's the one thing that you want to be most remembered for? Oh man. Uh, you know, ultimately to my kids is being a good father. That's a good husband and my wife. Like that's when it all comes down to it, really all that matters. But uh, as far as career goes, um, I don't know, just that I entertain people that, you know, I, I was part of something that, you know, they cared about that they, you know, found some, uh, connection with and, and escape from the you know life you know something to entertain them something I mean it's the best when you go to like a horror convention or something and someone's like our first date was scream now we're married 22 years you know things like that is what matter to me David I want to thank you for taking the time out really appreciate it you're somebody that you know loves what you do loves pro wrestling so I'm so glad that you were able to join us this morning Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I love you guys. All right. Love you too, David. Thanks, man. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.